We are back. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Time to get our feet set for the next week. We have Sigmund Bloom to talk through some trade targets, a bit of a buy-sell going into this week. Essentially, players we should be higher on or lower on and how to take advantage in our fantasy leagues and in DFS. Wrapping things up with our DFS first look segment with Ryan Hodge. Super valuable to see what our first impressions are with pricing on the upcoming slate. So we'll bring you guys along for the ride. If you enjoy yourself, do me a solid. Leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and consider following on Spotify. Trying to make that push for top 10 in the fantasy sports category this year and i need your help to get there outside of that you should already be in the habit of joining the listener league every week but if you don't know what that is essentially it's just the best contest in all of dfs completely rake free and the weekly champion will get the first pick from the sports memorabilia we pull out of the pristine auction mystery box every monday so enter at fanduel.com slash holka that's fanduel.com slash holka and if it's your first deposit you'll enjoy 20 percent up to 500 dollars just for starting the process through my link and it also supports the channel so thank you but maybe things just haven't been going well on draft DraftKings, and it's been a while since you tried FanDuel. I would definitely urge you to use that same link to give things another shot this week. We would love to have you join our community. I review lineups from this tournament every Monday live on stream. One more time, FanDuel.com slash Holka. Now let's get into the episode. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Week five, trade targets, buy, sell, guys who should be higher on, lower on, and uh, how to take advantage. So I think that this is one of those ones that, one of the conversations that I look forward to the most each and every week. We do have Sigmund Bloom with us, obviously the co-owner of Football Guys. Uh, Sig, how was uh, your week four? It, it was weird being on the road, so I was a little bit out of routine, uh, but sometimes you just have to take advantage of certain opportunities, right? How are you? You always have to. I just want to talk about Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I don't want to talk about football. Yeah. Um, no, I think that it continues to be disorienting. It felt like a lurch, like the floor just moved or tilted in a way that it hadn't. We thought we were getting the stuff triangulated with three data points through week three. Some of the stuff we got reinforced that. Some of the stuff made us have to go back and start over in our analysis. But that's why we love it. That's what keeps us coming back. It's a, it's a good time of year because now, like you said, we have a few weeks to kind of uh, decipher if we were really just terribly wrong or if there's a couple uh, decisions, <laughs> I guess, that uh, we could have done it a little bit differently. I think there's a couple different situations that we're going to talk about today that I, I definitely was wrong about uh, and we'll get there. I, we'll, we'll save that one maybe until the end. So make sure you guys stick around for uh, the person that you guys are all going to want to talk about. I would imagine uh, Cordero Patterson. So we'll get six mm-hmm. take on him. Uh, but let's start with someone else uh, that we talked about extensively last week with Matt Harmon, because I was really curious uh, how Odell Beckham was looking coming off of this injury. Finally, we get him back in the lineup last week, and then the Baker just misses him on a deep ball yeah. sig. So uh, what are we thinking? Uh, should we be trading for Odell after what we've seen so far? Or are we a little bit nervous now that basically if Baker can't get it to him, they can't get on the same page, maybe it's just fool's gold with him as well. That's fair. I mean, that's the thing. What's the lead? The lead is that Odell Beckham easily got deep for what should have been the game-clinching touchdown, or the lead is that Baker Mayfield didn't hit him, and Baker Mayfield actually had one of his worst games as a pro. And there's all kinds of conversations here, Joe, about is he going to get his extension? Is he really the quarterback of the future for this team? And so on and so forth. But look, Odell Beckham looks like Odell Beckham, okay? And he's not quite Randy Moss, but when he's on, it really doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. Uh, I, I think he's a player that's going to create opportunities, especially with this offense, which is designed to create opportunities and play action passing. So I'll take my chances with him. And, you know, of course, this weekend, maybe a little bit rough against Brandon Staley and the Chargers. Wow. Uh, I love what he's doing there. But overall, so maybe it's a buy low. Maybe wait a week to see if the price gets even lower. He's going to be close to droppable. If he has another 
game. I mean, in some people's eyes. And that's the thing is that you're just gauging that negative psychology. And I think there probably is a decent amount about Odell this week. Yeah, he's a guy that uh, it's it's unfortunate because he's been someone that's kind of lived off of efficiency for a while at times. But we thought there would be a decent opportunity for him to just jump headfirst into a lot of this volume. And then we see these like high equity targets go down the field like you miss one of those. It completely changes how you feel about the player. So it, it does feel like a situation where if you were trying to trade for Odell, that it would make some sense off of a week like this when everyone wants to talk about Baker Mayfield and this team. uh, I mean, we know how they want to win. It isn't necessarily by airing the ball out anyway. So I can see both sides of it. Uh, I do think that um, Odell, um, just I guess going off of kind of what Harmon was saying, he looks healthy, and that's the positive yeah. thing. So I, I think that if you stood, still did want to buy in on Odell, uh, it's not too late to do that. Um, this next one I, I'm a little bit nervous about, um, okay. but is he going to get healthy? We will find out, I suppose. But what are we doing with Carson Wentz? Is he someone that in like a two-quarterback league that we should kind of have on our radar? Is it like kind of affecting this entire offense? I, I think Carson mm-hmm. Wentz is one that I, I don't even know really what to do with him at this point. Well, he's getting healthier, and he's playing better, and the offense looked better. But here's why I'm thinking this is a time to trade for Carson Wentz. He plays in the AFC South. So sure. you're going to have Houston Indy uh, facing Jacksonville, facing Tennessee. So this week against Baltimore, again, it isn't urgent because Baltimore is not a pushover defense. But if Carson Wentz gets healthier, T.Y. Hilton's going to be back at some point, I believe, which is going to give them a vertical element. And that's the thing. This offense has lacked a vertical element. But Jonathan Taylor looks good. No worries about the knee issue to put him on the injury report. Uh, you have in, individual contributions from guys. You know, one week it's Molly Cox, one week it's Zach Pascal. Uh, Michael Pittman is breaking out. We're just not noticing it because he's getting tackled at the one or went two weeks ago, just missed him in the end zone. So I think that we're going to start to look at this team differently as it was we already are, Joe, where they go into the week 0 and 3. 0 and 4 is kind of a death knell in the NFL, but they're not 0-4. Not just that. Tennessee lost to the Jets. So right. it's a new season. It's a new life. You know, uh, two weeks two weeks ago when Wentz got hurt, Joe, we're thinking, oh boy, uh, Indianapolis, you know, is Philadelphia going to get their first round pick? How many games are they going to lose? And now right back in playoff contention, it's going to be a good yardstick game against Baltimore. Yeah, uh, I guess in terms of Wentz, his like completion percentage above expectation, one of those efficiency metrics that we lean on pretty heavily, like he was fourth in the entire league last week. So like you said, like yeah. he does look better and the efficiency is something that I would look to first. And then if we can get a little bit of mobility back, you mentioned Pittman, another player that we're thinking about completely differently if he doesn't get tackled at the one last week. Uh, so I, I definitely don't mind uh, going back to Wentz, like for all the reasons that we were on him late in drafts, like going into the season, like the, the schedule is is going to be something that is going to be extremely nice just because of the division that he plays in. So uh, we'll see uh, if he can kind of put two games back to back and uh, see if we can get there. This next guy, Sig, J.D. McKissick. So I, I was definitely yeah. pretty active on uh, Gibson most of the offseason just because of uh, we were hoping he would get that passing game role uh, or at least a large share of it. And then we see Gibson just completely just eat into this like pretty consistently now. And I mean, Seven rush attempts from McKissick, not the best, but if you're going to get five catches through the air um, and still have like that equity on the touchdown side of things, like in the most like important areas of the field, like I think that McKissick is at least interesting. Is he a guy you're trading for at this point? Yeah, and he's just a buy low in a sense that hopefully you can get him for a song. You can get mm-hmm. him as a throw in right now, but there are some different things converging here. You know, I'll start 
with this. Last night watching Austin Eckler, I noticed in social media a lot of people saying, wow, Austin Eckler isn't just a scat back. You know, he's not just a water bug. He's a tough inside runner. He's a great athlete. Austin Eckler was never, the Chargers never intended to make Eckler foundational in their offense. He just forced them to. He went against type. He went against his his body type. And I think that J.D. McKissick, look, I'm not saying that J.D. McKissick's going to take over. But I think that J.D. McKissick's body type is concealing how good of a football player he is. Mm-hmm. He's a, and I just want folks to go back and watch his touchdown last week where you see his speed, you see his explosiveness, and you just see that toughness. He's hungry. That's the thing about the undrafted guys. You see the hunger in their game. Now let's talk about some situational factors. Washington's pass defense is horrible. It is <laughs> right. bad. There ain't going to be many games where they're going to be salting away a 10, 14, 17-point lead in the fourth quarter with Antonio Gibson. Okay? It's true. There's going to be a lot of shootouts. There's going to be a lot of games where they need to pass. This is why you like, this is a Taylor Heineke take, too. This is a Terry McLaurin take. Uh, love the game that Heineke played. I know it was Atlanta, but still, love the game he played last week. Anyway, so McKissick's going to have plenty of opportunities, and he's a good football player. And that's important both because it's going to keep him on the field for that 35, 40, 45% of snaps. But when he gets opportunities, we're seeing it, Joe. He's converting them. So I, I just think that we could easily see him every year. We, we It's like a revolving door. And I know last year it was because of the dump offs. Last year it was because of captain checkdown. Uh, but this year it could be because of the defense. And it could be because McKissick is becoming better and better every year we see him. Yeah, he's one of those guys in DFS that no one really likes to click just because it doesn't really have the perceived upside. But you said it like if game script is just significantly in his favor more weeks than not, he's still one of those guys that that makes a ton of sense to buy low on from a DFS perspective as well. So um, this next guy that we're going to talk about is someone that we've I feel like we've talked about every week, but trying to figure out this Falcons offense, it just keeps going to Cordero Patterson. But let's talk about Kyle Pitts before we get there, because it seems like um, I mean, there's, there's ways, I mean, if we want to talk about the usage, it could be better in some ways. Matt Ryan, I guess, showing a little bit of life, but then Kyle Pitts not getting in the end zone again. What do we do with them? It's just a reminder. I get questions from people, why should I drop him in my fantasy league? And mm-hmm. I, First of all, he has immense ability. Still, in terms of pure ability, the best tight end in the league. It's just untapped right now. I've noticed last week, Joe, watching, okay, Trevor Lawrence can't read zone, but Trevor Lawrence was starting to run more. He had an improvisational play. Zach Wilson, and some of it's Tennessee's defense, don't get me wrong, but still, Zach Wilson. Look, the rookies are getting a little more comfortable, and I wonder if that something like that, hitting hitting cruising altitude, can happen for Kyle Pitts. I think you're seeing Matt Ryan playing better. Cordero Patterson, who we're going to talk about, could open up some opportunities for him. I just think, I just think don't give up. Don't sell low. I get it if you have Dalton Schultz or Dawson Knox, and you're thinking, am I going to start them over Kyle Pitts this week? Yeah, maybe you are, all right? But uh, just take a temperature check if you don't have Kyle Pitts to see if you can get him because when he hits a stride, and it might not be until next year, it's going to be a beautiful thing. Yeah, not, not enough of these like pure athletes at the tight end position that we we know at some point there's going to be a ceiling there. So I, I'm with you on Kyle Pitts. Uh, still holding if I have him, um, and I guess still kind of taking temperature of the owners that have him to see if they're kind of fed up at this point. I think that's a nice little buy low spot for him. But Cordero Patterson, this yes. one is is so... Uh, it goes against everything that I believe in when it comes to DFS and trying to like project volume and those sort of right, things. But right. I guess there there's something we said for a guy that 
every time he's on the field, he's almost like a big part of what they're trying to do, right? They're right. actively trying to scheme him plays and get the balls into his hands. And we haven't really seen anyone do that with Cordero Patterson before. We know that the talent's been there. He's 30 years old. Like, does he still have enough juice left to keep this going? Or are we going to try and package him together to get another asset? I guess, what, what do we yeah. do with him? Are we trading for, trade away? I, I'm kind right. of a believer, but I don't, I don't know. I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, that's exactly why I put him on here, Joe, is because it's not obvious whether he's a, a buy high or a sell high. I think he's a buy high. And what I mean by that is everybody wants to sell high. Okay, everybody's looking at Cordell Patterson. Nobody's going to buy high on him. Nobody's yeah, actually going to trade buy. for him. Like, not, not right. many people are going to trade for him. Right. If, if you're sitting there, just like, oh, he's the running back two on the season, and you're trying to trade, no one's going to, no one's going to buy. No that. one's going to actually pay yeah. running back one, wide receiver one prices for him. Yeah. And like you said, uh, production begets more opportunity. And the thing is, and it might just be Arthur Smith's not an offensive genius, but Arthur Smith also is pretty straightforward about utilizing what he has. That's another reason to like Kyle Pitts down the line. Um, unfortunately, Matt Ryan's limitations are keeping Calvin Ridley from being used to his fullest potential. But we are seeing Cordero Patterson use his fullest potential. And Joe, they told me you can't just manufacture touches for players in the NFL. That's why Cordero Patterson bounced around his first year in Minnesota. They were running him on just plain old sweeps and things like that. He was making things happen. And I think it really took Bill Belichick and Bill mm -hmm. Belichick's interest for the league to say, wait a second, maybe there's still something here. Look, last week we saw him win with route running on a busted coverage. We saw him win on a 50-50 ball. We saw him win with running back skills after the catch. And I, I, why would they go away from him? I, I mean, he's obviously an every week start going forward. Uh, I, it's the Jets this week. You know, I, the momentum is going to continue. I think that there's people out there that are, believe they're going to be clever and sell high on Cordero Patterson when really, uh, you know, like you said, get on board, I, be a believer, because we always, always knew he had this in him. There was just not the will to give him the opportunity to show it. Yeah, if you made it this far in the video, I want to know in the comments right now, are you trading away Cordero Patterson or are you holding if you have him? I think that's like the main decision if you want to hold through this. I, I think you should personally because it gives you so much flexibility. It's not often that we see these wide receiver like let's think about him as a wide receiver for a second let's, let's like I guess take a second to not think of him as a running back because the volume like if you have a wide receiver getting five or six targets a game in the high equity or areas of the field and also is going to add six to ten rush attempts like the floor that you get from a player like that in fantasy is so high that I, I don't know if there's like a lot of risk to holding on to Cordero Patterson sure he's not going to have three touchdowns every game but if you know that they're actively trying to give him those opportunities I hate that people are just like oh he's he took away from uh, from Mike Davis last <laughs> right. week. Mike Davis isn't getting a fade in the end zone. So, like, why are we even talking about that? So, I, I don't know. These are the kind of players that they kind of break the mold of traditional fantasy. So, it's maybe a harder guy to trade than you would even think. So, for me, I, th I think it's a hold. Or you try and go out there and you poke around and see if that owner would be willing to kind of give it away uh, for a little bit of a lower price than you value him at. So, I'm on board, man. Uh, anything else on, uh, on Patterson? I, I think it's a very interesting conversation to have yeah. for sure. Well, it's just that the other thing we'll add here, like we did with McKissick, is situational opportunity. You know, this is not a team that's going to be running the ball 30 times a game. This is not a team that's going to be nursing leads. And what's working is working. The only real potential folly here is if Felipe Franks takes over at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, that's a November, December discussion. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think that if you follow Patterson all the way back to his college years, he... It's, I mean, we're going to watch a similar story unfold with Curious Tony, but it actually looks like 
the Giants are willing to use him as a wide receiver, and then he shows his run-after catch ability with uh, lots of opportunities on short passes. So Kadarius Tony's a very interesting one this weekend against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sterling Shepard can't go. So maybe we're evolving. Hey, even Tavon Austin was out there. Austin That's and true. Cordero Patterson. Another guy that if he came into the league like now, now. He'd, he'd be a guy that would be like a huge guy that people would be all over just because of his skill set. Right, right. And then mm-hmm. that makes me want to talk about Urban Meyer, so we should just end this piece right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sigmund Bloom, everyone. Uh, make sure you guys check out all the great work over at Football Guys. Uh, follow Sig on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. Sig, we'll see you next week, my man. Before we get back at it, I want to thank the presenting sponsor, FanDuel, for all the support this year. New FanDuel players, listen up. Your day is about to get 20% better with a bonus on your first deposit, up to $500 for free. All you have to do is claim it by visiting FanDuel.com slash Holka first. That link does support the channel, so thank you. And even if you're not a first-time player, it would mean the world if you gave FanDuel another go this week and started that process through my link. That's FanDuel.com slash Holka to claim your bonus and start playing today. It'll bring you right to our $5 three-entry max listener league contest, the one that I will be reviewing live on stream every Monday. Quite honestly, the best contest in DFS, and it's completely break-free. There's a whole lot of NFL action left this season, so make sure you join our community on FanDuel. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stack up against the competition. They've got a ton of different game formats between main slate and single-game contests. You can even set up private contests with your friends. Experience season-long wins without season-long waits by joining the $5 Listener League or making your first deposit today through FanDuel.com slash Holka, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Joe Holka Show. Age and local restrictions apply. Bonuses used as a non-refundable site credit that expires after 30 days. I want to take a second to thank our exclusive memorabilia partner, Pristine Auction, a website that auctions off a ton of insanely cool sports memorabilia each and every day with items starting at just $1. There are thousands of auctions ending daily, so some of the crazy deals that you'll see are pretty common, whether it's a daily auction, weekly auction, doesn't matter. The marketplace is open 24 hours with no reserves. Also, all of these autographed items are guaranteed authentic, so you never have to worry about that. I do have a registration code, so make sure you enter code Holka when you first sign up. It's good for $10 off your first purchase, but more importantly, you're only eligible for the weekly giveaways from the mystery unboxings if you are fully registered at Pristine Auction. So hopefully it's with code Holka because that also supports the channel. So thank you. Let's get back to the show. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. It's our DFS first look for NFL Week 5. Make sure you stick around to the end because we are going to be building a lineup live on stream. And I know we said we before because uh, I definitely have to bring in a guest that we didn't have last week because he was battling uh, some pretty hardcore uh sick days and now he's got food poisoning but ryan hodge man uh welcome back man i'm glad to see you in one piece Uh, i'm happy to be able to walk through the slate with you again it was lonely last week man how you feeling yeah, sorry, dude. I left. I left you hanging. You had to. You had to take a look at those salaries by yourself. I, you but, need uh, the number one. You gotta stop saying sorry because that is completely <laughs> just like the like. It's it's okay. We're not curing cancer here. It's it's all good. <laughs> um, but I'm good, man. It was a uh, it was a good week four. Booked a small loss, so you always take the small ones rather than the big ones. And uh, we're on to week five, man. We are on to week five. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What's what's worse, uh, booking a small loss or like me, I had like a really amazing afternoon, booked like a pretty significant win. And then I punted off a bunch of it on Sunday night football. Like what was worse? Uh, I would I would say what you did. is <laughs> It is right. Because like this yeah. is such a great day. I could have just went to the I, so obviously it was at the, the Patriots game. I could have just went, enjoyed it, had a couple beers and just relax, just like sit there just after after a great afternoon. But no, I just decided to fire off a bunch of money on the single game slate. And then Tom Brady goes out there and doesn't score, like throw for one touchdown and just completely ruins my entire day. It could have been a great day. So I don't know, man, that feels worse for sure. Yeah, but how do you not build when you're at the game, right? I mean, I always have the most action when I'm at an event, like straight yeah. up. You I have so. to do it. 
Yeah, I mean, and just like, there's no way you can't just put Tom Brady in every MVP slot that you have. Obviously, one, literally the entire slate, I think, would have been close to break even if Antonio Brown comes down with that one catch in the end zone yeah. and, and he scores yeah. one. I guess he do one touchdown from Tom Brady in the return to Foxborough, and my life is great. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I had to get that out uh, since I haven't really been able to talk through any of that stuff yet. But like you said, on to week five, uh, we're going to go through each position per usual. We're going to build uh, kind of a first look type of team uh, at the very end. And uh, we'll get you off, man. I, we're going to ease you back into it this week since uh, you're, you're getting back uh, being over sick and whatnot. So um, we actually, since we're recording this a day later than we normally do, uh, we actually get to look at at some of the Sims along the way uh, over at Run the Sims. We can kind of get an idea of uh, kind of the early optimals, but also guess uh, kind of where pricing's at. So I'll, I'll keep touching on that as we go through. But let's uh, let's start with the quarterback position and, and we'll move over um, just quickly to the pricing, per usual, like I said, the listener league right in here. Only 59 people in it so far. $2,000 to first place. $5 three max. Look at all these people in the chat right now jumping in here. Love to see it. Uh, so get in there before it fills. Kyler Murray, 8500 Against San Francisco, we have Tom Brady back on the main slate. Tom Brady, you're dead to me. Uh, Dak Prescott, 8100 Jalen Hurts, 8100 they finally moved up Jalen Hurts is my first, I guess, takeaway of yeah. this like top end stuff. Uh, but at the very top end, was there? I guess there's not as we don't have Lamar on the slate. We don't have Patrick Mahomes on the slate. So I guess what are right. we doing at the top end here? Interesting. Yeah, that was actually the the first thing that I noticed when I brought this up before I, I hopped on the show was, oh wow, we're missing a, a handful of elite quarterbacks and even mm -hmm. a guy like Justin Herbert. I think is going to have a pretty tough matchup in Cleveland, right? And then yep. you've got. Um, Jalen, who's now been priced up and it's not that Carolina hasn't been super friendly. They just, it's kind of been pretty neutral. If anything, it's been a little tough for opposing teams quarterback. So you really are just looking at this matchup and you're just like, oh, I guess I just play Dak and Kyler and move on. <laughs> like, I don't like that. That's kind of what it is to me for these guys who are priced up. There are guys who I like who are, are cheaper, but in the top tier of things, it really does immediately stand out as like a Dak and a Kyler type of a, of a slate. Yeah, so I guess in terms of Dak, sounds like you're not that scary that they went super run heavy last week. Do you feel like that was just kind of like a one-off situation for for Dallas? Because I, I guess the defense has been a little bit better than I expected, I'll say that. But mm -hmm. like seeing them skew so heavily towards the run last week was definitely something I didn't see coming. So um, maybe people have some recency bias there, but I, I, I don't doubt, I don't mind going back to Dak. Yeah, look, I mean, they've, they've paced up a decent amount like i'm i'm fine with dak even though we saw a little bit of a red like i think the people who played dak last week definitely ran hot on efficiency mm -hmm. like he was super super efficient to get those touchdowns um but no i'm not overly concerned about it not not yet i there's still just a massive ceiling for dak to be looking to attack especially on a slate where it's just like okay i, I mean maybe rogers at 8k too but you know that one might be a little a little bit tough to play with no rushing no rushing upside. Although I say that, and Dak has what like one real rush attempt on the right. year, you know. So yeah, um, and that's a much better matchup, I think, uh, for for Rogers. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think one of the things that like we should probably touch on because um, it's going to shape the entire slate is, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to play? Um, obviously, it looks like the injury wasn't quite as bad as initially thought, but we have to scroll and scroll $6,900 Trey Lance at Arizona. Like that's going to be yeah. probably one of the best plays on the slate at quarterback if we get Jimmy G out. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I would say just from a pace play, but I will say 
uh, Arizona has been a little tough to opposing teams, quarterbacks for True. sure. Uh, and not even if we just kind of X what Stafford and the Rams did, but like, so last, last week on Saturday, I was having a conversation with another, uh, very high stakes player. And I told him I was on Arizona and he said that he was off of, off of Arizona and the Rams game due to the matchup. Now that's not, I, I do think that there's a lot of validity to that. And it's something that I would be cautious of. But if the pace is going to be up, that's all That's all I'm attacking is always going to be pace. I can get over matchups for sure. I think they're much more important uh, for running backs than they are necessarily for a team and his quarterback and his pass catchers. Yeah, I'm glad you said it because I, I didn't want to be the the guy that was just going to victory lap my 4-0 Cardinals. But yeah, man, the defense <laughs> is like, it's looked great. So uh, I'm with you. And Trey Lance, uh, I guess, say what you want about like, can he come in and be like a Jalen Hurts type of player? He did not look very good in that game. But even on like, I guess his floor still had seven rush attempts for 41 yards on the ground and a half of football essentially. So um, definitely keep an eye on that. As we go through in terms of some of the other, I guess, pricing points here, um, I guess there's a couple other guys, but I'm with you. Like if you're just even looking like point per dollar in some ways, it seems like Kyler Dak and then like a big yeah. kind of teardrop from everyone else. So is there anyone else that kind of stood out pricing wise to you? Uh, it Honestly, it's kind of tough. Look, Sam Darnold at $7,600 uh, at home versus Philly. Like, especially if he's getting, if they're continuing to give him some of those rushing attempts down at the five yard line, like mm-hmm. that, that stuff looks absolutely amazing. And that target share is pretty condensed in Carolina. I know Robbie definitely had a much larger mar- market share of targets this week than he has over the first three weeks, but it's very straightforward to just play Devonte Smith, DJ Moore and Sam Darnold. And then if you're in playing in smaller field stuff, it's just as easy to add Robbie Anderson to that. And you kind of forget the fact that he hasn't really shown up. But like you can onslaught, you know, Sam Darnold as two pass catchers and bring it back with a Jalen Rager or Devontae Smith very easily. Um, or in the bigger field stuff, you, you just play DJ Moore regardless of the ownership. I mean, the guy is absolutely smashing. So. Man, he's been so good. He's been so good. So one of, one of the things that I want to keep doing as we, we progress through here uh, at runthesims.com, if you go there, runthesims.com slash Holka, you'll get 10% off uh, by checking this out. But um, just the early Sims, you basically said it, Hodge. Like if you scroll down, it takes a while, but Dak and Kyler like seems like far and away the optimal quarterbacks at least at this point of the week uh, both those guys popping in about 11 percent of the optimal lineups when these games are simulated 10,000 times so uh you're, you're on you're on you're back on with us man you're, you're hitting the you're hitting the buttons here that we needed this early in the week so um that's all i got for for quarterback i think for right now so let's uh let's move on to the running back position and uh derrick henry 10-4 um, now that he's catching passes, like he's just my best friend. I did fade him last week, but I need to stop doing that uh, apparently. But uh, I guess how much big dog did you have last week? I had enough for it to not matter because <laughs> <Sure. laughs> I still booked a loss, but I I did have enough. Uh, he was a guy who I, whatever, here's comes the most tout thing out of my mouth, but he was a guy who I wrote up on fantasy labs. It's like a concise conviction, like just yeah. pay for him. It, it's a great, great spot. And Um, I think this week, though, not to like completely gloss over Henry, but like if Dalvin is going to come back to it, I want to play running backs against Detroit Mm -hmm. flat out. Like, I don't care who it is. I do. I couldn't tell you the last time I rostered David Montgomery other than last week in DFS. I mean, I don't think I've touched the guy in like 20 plus slates other than last week. Like, give me running backs versus Detroit. So if Dalvin's going to come back and be 100 percent, 
I think he's just in an absolute smash spot and a little bit of a discount to Derrick Henry, who's now just shy of, of 10-5, which is very expensive. Yeah, it, it might be, I guess, like really poor recency bias for me with Dalvin, but I, I guess have like weird PTSD from like, I don't think it was last year, it was like the year before where we just never got Alvin Kamara at full strength the entire year because of that ankle yeah. injury. So like, I guess the Vikings have already shown that they're willing to guess like take the foot off the pedal with Dalvin, like Madison ended up out carrying Cook 10 to 9 in that game. Like Cook went in there and had a couple to catches. And I mean, it is an amazing, amazing spot if we get an idea that he's getting healthier. But these ankle injuries, man, it's just like one tweak and they're set back like a full week in rehab. Like it literally is that simple. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. I, I personally, um, I, I think I'll be on the fade train for that one. Um, but if it kind of gets to a spot where later in the week, like everyone's nervous and he ends up being like a super low owned play. Like we know that the ceiling is there if he is healthy and sometimes the uncertainty coming off injuries is something that we want to be attacking. So uh, we mentioned Dallas before and Dak uh, Zeke against the giants at AK. Um, they moved Saquon's price all the way back up to 7,800. So both of these guys I think are super interesting. Do you have a preference on Zeke versus Saquon in this spot? They're basically the same price. Yeah, so from an opportunity standpoint, I'll definitely take Saquon. I mean, like just as recent as last week, Tony Pollard stepped out of like the half yard line and, you know, Zeke does not have that touchdown, right? So like Mm -hmm. the point that I'm trying to make is they really are rotating Tony and Zeke in and out, in and out. And I do think you are playing a little bit of touchdown lottery. If I had like gun to my head, had to pick one, I'm going to take Elliott for the goal line touches because they've been using him in that in that role, but to, I, I'll just, I'll play Saquon uh, every time versus, versus Elliot, just from an opportunity standpoint and you're saving $200. Uh, and so his role is very clear and very defined. You're on it again, 7,800 Saquon Barkley currently in 17.5% of the optimal lineups early in the week. So interesting. I, I guess I kind of skipped right over Alvin Kamara, but currently 27% of the optimal lineups uh, have Alvin Kamara in them. I guess that that's a nice price point for Kamara at 8,600 if we're just looking at him versus Saquon. I think that is a, a nice little price discount you get with Saquon, but Man, um, Kamara, even last week, like no one wants to go back to him after he basically had just got the most rush attempts he's ever been given in his entire career. Right. So we, we literally just saw this with Austin Eckler in a game where Austin Eckler didn't have any targets. The next game, he had like nine. So like that could easily happen with Kamara, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, 100%. And it's, the nice thing is, is that at least you're still getting opportunities out of Kamara. And it's not that they're just evaporating his receiving workload and not increasing his his actual rushing yep touches itself so you still are what you're paying for you're still getting the opportunities and those are things that you want uh, but the more and more that i continue to look at some of these these salaries the more and more i go do i want to play leonard Fournette, even though ronald jones is still getting some work and i think there's i definitely just skipped over like a full tier of no, like naji harris and, yeah. and chubba hubbard and some of these guys but like I don't know. I'm just looking at Fournette in my model, and uh, and he definitely has a wonderful rating at $6,400 versus a team who has been carved up by running backs. And I'm not even talking about like Derrick Henry or Cook or Kamara. Like I, they've played some very very low tier running backs uh, and have been absolutely shredded by them. 
Yeah, I had a nice little view of uh, Leonard Fournette uh, this past week. I didn't have any of him on the single-game slate. I was basically all in on some of those wide receivers for Brady. But, man, 20 attempts, five targets, like this type of volume. like It was yeah. like one of like the worst things that could have happened in that game. But going forward, he's 6,400. Like He's just probably too cheap, right? So um, I, I like that one a lot. Like Even in that, that 6,400 range, like let's just take a peek of some guys that are around there, see if we prefer anyone a little bit more. But if we scroll down... 6,400, that's around guys like Damian Harris, Antonio Gibson, Shuba Hubbard, um, DeAndre Swift's a little bit more expensive, obviously. So I think the only guy out of all of those that I prefer is DeAndre Swift. So um, yeah, I'm in on that. Even if you go down a little bit further, I think I'd rather take a shot on uh, Leonard Fournette. Like we could see a guy like Damian Williams like come in here and be the chalk at 5,800. Um, but I don't know, man, we've, we, we don't know if he's just going to come in and take all the work. Like we basically saw it last week that they're, they're willing to kind of like give that Montgomery role up to more than two, I guess, more than one player. Um, it is the 4 PM game for Damian Williams with 5,800. So I guess that's probably the decision pay all the way down for Damian or kind of get up to that next range with, with Fournette and with Swift. I, I think it's. FanDuel has some like reasonable options in the mid range at running back, especially yeah. when like when we don't have like these super elite guys at the top, no CMC, but um interesting for sure. Like I, I rarely scroll down here and see guys that I like, but it seems like there's a bunch of guys in play at running back this week. Yeah, it'll I think it'll be interesting and depending on the contest that you're playing in, you could very easily like I'm a big uh I want three wide receivers most of the or or a wide receiver in my flex most of the time, sorry. And so most of the time, depending on the contest size. Now there's one contest that I play in that's like 800 people and I'm totally fine taking a, a, a third running back or running back in the flex. This could definitely be a week where like you do, you play Damian Williams, you play Leonard Fournette, and then you kind of uh, maybe pay up all the way for Derrick Henry. I mean, you're getting a pretty massive salary discount with those two running backs where I, I think you can still stack uh, one of those teams that we like, like Kyler, or maybe it's a little cheaper with Sam Darnold in order to get Derrick Henry. I like that. I like that. So as we're moving over to the wide receiver position, one of the things that stood out to me right away when I was kind of looking at pricing, man, CD Lamb is so cheap. And just looking at next gen stats, like I understand that last week uh, was not great, um, but he still has a 33% market share of this team's air yards. So if we're going to sit there and say that Dak is going to be the chalk, like I think that it's a reasonable expectation that we could be going towards someone like CD again, like going back to the well with that. Will you in on that? Yeah, hundred with probably with Dak. I don't know if I'm playing CD by himself as okay. like a one-off, maybe mini correlation there. If you're like punting with Evan Ingram at tight end, I don't know. I'll have to go look at that pricing, but like, um, I, yes, I mean, $6,900 isn't bad. It, I think it honestly would just depend on what the rest of your lineup looks like. But to your point, the opportunity, the market share is all still there. I wouldn't worry about last week. The same way I said that I'm not worrying about it with Dak if I'm if I'm using Dak, right? So sure. I, I still think that that's extremely well-priced. Uh, and here's the other thing. Any news this week about Amari's hamstring, right? Mm-hmm. Like tweaking it, it flaring back up. I think it's a totally different conversation at $6,900 sure. then. <laughs> For sure. Uh, I, I kind of skipped over the top end, but that was the price that I guess that was glaring to me. But Devontae Adams at the top, 8,200. Like I said, no Tyreek Hill on this slate. So like there's a teardrop here. It, it's Devontae Adams at 8,200. Yeah. Then we moving all the way down to DJ Moore and Justin Jefferson. So uh, Debo Samuel all the way up to 7,700. 7, uh, that's interesting. So there, there's a couple guys here. We got DeAndre Hopkins moved all the way down to 7,500. Terry McLaurin, 74. 
uh, Jamar Chase all the way up to 7,300. So th- they've actually been pretty aggressive on moving some of these guys either one way or the other. So that's interesting. Odell Beckham misses a touchdown last week. He's 6,400 in the game that I think people are going to attack. And then we have just Brandon Cooks again against New England. He's 6,300. They never move Brandon Cooks' price. Uh, it, I guess if there is uh, the narrative that they're just going to be able to shut him down, fine. But from an ownership or from a, a volume perspective, he stands out. Jacoby Myers is 5,900. Um, still think that they're going to try and like force feed him the ball a little bit of this game, mm-hmm. excuse pass heavy at all. So um, those are kind of the ones that, that stand out to me. Uh, I guess, are we paying up for uh, Devonte Adams against Cincinnati? Like they literally, I don't think have anyone that can stop him. He's the number one rated player in my, in my wide receiver model. So, yeah. uh, pr- probably I, on the player rating topic too, CD lamb is fourth. So I hadn't, fil- I hadn't filtered my player rating yet. So uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little higher. Uh, kudos to you there there you uh, just understanding exactly what that price meant so you know what is interesting is some of these jacksonville guys are standing out and i think that might be because of my opponent plus minus rating in my model uh i have a pretty high weight on for matchups and so both of these these uh jacksonville wide receivers against tennessee are both kind of you know quote unquote popping here uh mm-hmm. with marvin jones pretty high as well as LaVisca Chanel and that that is a little bit to do with salary but a lot to do with their opponent plus minus so just how friendly Tennessee has been to opposing teams wide receivers yeah Visca man Visca's 5800 so that that's a really nice price point for him especially if he's going to get uh different types of usage than we see from another guy so uh getting those rush attempts is nice I guess looking kind of at the sims too um Devontae Adams is in 21 percent of the optimals right now this early in the week like there isn't a lot of wide receivers at the top here justin jefferson at 8k is interesting debo samuel even at that price point still popping um adam thielen dj moore those type of guys i don't see a lot of the cheaper ones uh, at least early uh, outside of cd lamb so uh kind of an interesting wide receiver slate but um is there anyone else that kind of stands out at wide receiver uh, it's it's always so hard to to talk through this position specifically when we don't have any ownership context yet um but is there any else uh, at price wise that that stands out to you yeah the the only other guy and i'll just say his his market share and his opportunity has been pretty good and they obviously were a little bit of a pumpkin on monday night football but hunter renfro at fifty eight hundred dollars versus Chicago, who's been a little bit friendly towards opposing teams wide receivers. I think I prefer Visca there, but like if you're looking to punt punt, uh, for whatever reason, for whatever reason you're doing some extremely expensive stack, I can see both of those players being wide receivers. I I don't know how much of a, a ceiling I really give Hunter this week. It's probably like maybe 13 points on FanDuel, which is just such a low ceiling. And so Visca definitely has a little bit higher of a ceiling for me on a week-to-week basis, but he did stand out a little bit from a pricing standpoint and from his market share of opportunity. Yeah, if you really want to get weird and uh, just throw Damian Williams in there as like a little bit of a mini stack there, you can basically build whatever you want from there. Yeah. But uh, good, good transition uh, to tight end, Hodge, because uh, talking through Hunter Renfro, um, Darren Waller at 7,400 against Chicago. Uh, this seems like a spot, especially if we uh, don't have George Kittle in this one. It's another teardrop, I-, I think, that like some of these slates where we don't have Travis Kelsey and we don't have Kansas City specifically or we don't have Lamar, uh, it feels like a, a spot that it's going to be really hard not to pay up uh, for someone like Darren Waller. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree. Uh, I would be very surprised when I have a conversation. So I just, you know, converse with a couple other players in the industry and they play pretty heavily on FanDuel. 
And so I would be very surprised if some of those very first builds and those optimals don't have Darren Waller in their cash game lineup. It just really looks like a spot. This week, going over what we just did with quarterback, running back, and wide receiver and seeing where the value is, I'd be very surprised if it's not optimal to have Darren Waller in your FanDuel cash lineup. So he's definitely going to carry some ownership. But he's the highest ceiling. He's the highest medium projection. He has the highest floor. He's got the highest projected plus minus. I mean, it's just like green all across my spreadsheet for him. So. Yeah, and on the Sims right now, he's the fifth, uh, I guess, uh, optimal rate on the slate. But the thing is, you have to scroll down a while before you find another tight end. And, right. and that's that. That's right. the thing that I think really, really matters with that. So um, I think that per usual, if I really wanted to a tight end, I'm going to try and get up to Waller. But if, I, if I'm not going to be getting all the way up there, I, I kind of want to pay down for one of these other guys. So I think that Jared Cook at 5,200, Tyler Conklin, 5,100. Even if you wanted to go, like we just talked about, how Devonte Adams is going to be popular, like even uh, Robert Tanyan at fifty three hundred. Like I, I don't see a reason to kind of live in the middle uh, on this slate so far. But uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the rest of the tight end slate? Some of those cheaper guys. Yeah, Tyler Conklin's actually a guy who I continue to go back to. He's seen like six, eight, and four targets over his last four games, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's he's definitely a guy who's at least catching some opportunities and getting a little bit of work here. Um, Noah Fant is a guy who I continue to play, especially with like Jerry Judy being ruled out. Uh, We'll have to see what their wide receiver situation looks like as well coming into week five. But I just love to pay for talent. Mm -hmm. And you've got a guy, talk about no Travis Kelsey being on the slate. This is the guy who probably comps closest to Travis Kelsey. I mean, uh, from a a pure like speed, catch radius uh, and things like that. Noah Fant is a guy who I continue to, uh, to play. I hope his market share of opportunity starts to catch up a little bit, though. But he, he did see 10 targets last week. It'll be interesting. I'll have to go look to see how many of those came from Locke and how many of those came from Bridgewater. Uh, but I know that Teddy targeted him you know, four or five times, and I honestly think Locke targeted him another four or five times. Like It might have been pretty close split. So um, at $5,900, tough matchup against Pittsburgh, but uh, that, that pace just might be a little too slow for me to, to end up being on Fant. But he's just another guy who always... I always, I always look to play. Another guy popping in optimals, TJ Hawkinson. So if you haven't checked out the the mystery unboxing this week, we're going to be giving away the TJ Hawkinson helmet. Uh, so that thing, nice. Uh, one of our first jerseys of the year. So uh, definitely check out that video, pristineauction.com. Uh, there's a link in the description if you want $10 off, uh, free registration. But make sure you get into the giveaway if you're interested in the helmet. Uh, what else did we pull this week? We pulled a Debo Samuel jersey. We pulled a uh, CEH helmet. It's kind of like a matte uh, Chiefs helmet. A uh, bunch of cool stuff, man. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, Hodge, you ready to build the FanDuel lineup? Yeah, man, definitely. All right, let's do it. Talk about timing on that Debo jersey, too. Yeah, are you kidding? So like, they sent me a bunch of boxes at once, and they all have, like, it says, like, week five, week seven. So they're right. just, like, piled up in my house. And uh, literally, the week five jersey, I pull out a Debo Samuel. I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. Too good. Yeah, can, can you can you pull ahead and let me know who's in that? I feel like they got a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, should I open the week six box and see who see who's in it? <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, yeah. All right. So 
building this team, obviously, I'm just going to throw it in the listener league for now. So make sure you guys get in there. FanDuel.com slash Holka, $5, three max tournament. You guys know the drill at this point. Rake free. Like if you're going to be playing um, any type of volume on FanDuel, uh, definitely would do that. If you normally are playing specifically on DraftKings uh, and you haven't been playing much on FanDuel at all, uh, would appreciate it if you would go through my link to kind of continue that journey. Uh, we're going to continue to hammer FanDuel. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity over there. So, Hodge, who's the who's your first guy in uh, at this point of the week? I'm going to make us build around Kyler. I think it's a very, very clear teardrop uh, at quarterback this week with, okay. with Kyler. So. All right. Well, I'm going to make us build around another teardrop with Darren Waller. So we're going to have to find some value, <laughs> value here. <laughs> Uh, but um, I, I just have a hard time not starting there this week, personally. I think if we wanted to to mix in a mini stack just to give us some flexibility, like, do we feel pretty good about um, going down to Damian Williams at this point, or do you think that it's chance that they kind of push that into a committee in Chicago? Yeah, I so two two comments on that. I'm not sure. I think maybe a little bit more of a committee than what we would like. Uh, also. The correlation between a running back and the opposing team's pass catcher, is that high enough for you to be like, this is a correlation that I want versus, oh, this works because I like both of these players. Um, and I like the pace. I, I just don't know if that's a game that's going to pace fast enough for us to want two players. from. I don't know. I could be totally yeah, yeah. wrong on that. That's more me asking a question for that mini correlation. I probably admittedly do that more than, than most people. I know if you're, you're trying to do a mini correlation, you prefer it be like two pass catchers because if the game really shoots out, then at that right. point you would have both of those assets. But um, I do kind of like the idea if you have one team, if it's a very lopsided situation where you have someone like Darren Waller, uh, you play and catch up on the other side, or if they get out ahead and Darren Waller is a big part of it, it's still a pass catching running back on the other side. So I don't think it really matters if it's like a game script okay. independent type of running back. Uh, but I guess to your point, if we end up seeing a ton of ownership on Damian Williams, maybe it makes more sense just to have a different player from that game specifically and just have Darren Waller, even though he might have some ownership. So we can leave him out for now. Is there another uh, like super uh, standout value to you? Because we're, we're going to need some as we're building this one, I think. Or not. Okay. I, would, I would play Leonard at $6,400 for one of our running backs. And then right. I'll, I'll do another one. I'll, ju I'll just go back to AJ Green. I think he's cheap on FanDuel too. And so that that starts to get us there with our stack. So that should be enough value for us to to open mm. up our salary a little bit. OK, cool. Yeah. A.J. Green on FanDuel specifically, like if he's just going to be like a touchdown scorer throughout the year, he's exactly. never he's never going to be above 6K on FanDuel. There's never going to move him past there. So if we can't afford to get up to someone like Nuke, like having at least that correlation with A.J. Green. So no, no issues with that. Is there anyone on the San Francisco side that you would want in that? Or you just think we go skinny with Kyler? Yeah, I don't. I don't, I mean, the San Francisco side is the only tough thing about, about the tournaments here, but I mean, I just, how much is Brandon? Uh, I didn't even look, you know, so I always call him by his first name cause I'm going to butcher his last yeah, name. Yeah, who, time. Who? He's, he's cheap. Ayuk. Okay. Um, yeah. and then Debo yeah, 5, is Debo yeah, is like way more expensive now. So there's a huge gap there in price now. Yeah. So like I would, I don't know, man, I'm a, I'm a player who's typically willing to embrace a lot of uncertainty. So I would be okay going back to Brandon uh, and hope Trey Lance targets him more than he targets Debo, which obviously was not the case last week, but you never know what, what, what can happen with a week of practice. And he's, so now we can, yeah. we can play, we can play like Henry. We can play Devonte Adams. We can kind of do whatever we want. Yeah. 
I'm with you because like it, we, we basically needed to get to a point. Now we're at 6,600 the rest of the way, so we could get in one of those guys. Um, I, I think that Devontae Adams, just like like you were talking about green across the board for I can't remember who it was, yeah. but Devontae Adams is green everywhere for me in an 8,200 against Cincinnati. I think this is like if everyone got on him last week and they're a little bit disappointed, like this is the week where he, he could right. just go crazy. And there's really not a lot of wide receivers on the slate that probably – can match him outside of maybe Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, those guys, because we don't have Tyreek on the slate, those guys. So um, I'm good on Adams unless you, are, I guess, uh, want to get in uh, the big dog. I'm fine with either, actually. No, no, no. Play play Devontae. That works for me. Okay. So at this point, then, let's, let's figure out some sort of defense. cheap defense. Yeah. So at the bottom, we got Giants at Dallas. We got Detroit at Minnesota. We got Houston at New England. We got Tennessee, Jackson. So it, it's pretty gross down there. Um I guess one thing that was really popular in FanDuel last week at the higher stakes was just literally playing the Stone Men Jets defense. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I want to play the Giants at Dallas, but there's going to be some passing volume, I hope, on that side of it. Um, Baker looked terrible last week uh, in some ways, so maybe we go to the Chargers at, th- at 3,700. Um, is there another like cheaper defense? De- like Detroit, if we want to get close to men, I don't know, Detroit against against okay. Kirk Cousins. Uh, if, they, if they have to throw more, I, that would be the only reason. But like, Typically, I'm looking for more passing volume out of my defense, but it's a Stoneman defense. So maybe, maybe Philly. I don't know. It's tough. Let's just throw Detroit in for now. And if we want to upgrade, we can. But with 7,700 the rest of the way for one running back and a flex. So, like, honestly, like, we can, we can probably find another guy um, that's pretty expensive. We could go uh, Saquon at 7,800. I think that would fit. And then that would give us 7,600. So that gets us to kind of an odd tier. I guess Godwin, if we wanted to pair him with Fournette, probably wouldn't do that. Uh, Nuke, if we wanted to just add to our stack, we could fit that in. Um, and then we kind of have that that Thielen McLaurin tier. Thoughts? Oh, we're just we're just shy of DJ Moore, huh? I think he was 79. 79, um, yeah. Yeah. So that dude, that is a fun. Oh, we could just onslaught with Hopkins. That's what I'm saying. We we just I think we just yeah. toss Nuke in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, that that makes all the sense in the world. I don't know if I would do it in 2K. Actually, that's probably quite like a borderline in regards to like contest selection for full onslaughts. Um, so I think it's fine for somebody who's in, you know, or this type of lineup in, in a 2,000 person field. Um, but yeah, cool. no, that that's great. I'm good with that. I like it. Uh, let me know in the comments, you guys, if you made it this far in the video, who your lock of the week is for week five, or who do you think is going to be the most popular play on this slate? We'd love to hear from you guys. Toss a like on this video if you haven't already. Continue uh, subscribing to the channel. Continue subscribing. Uh, I would love it if you would actually consider subscribing. And then, yes, please continue to subscribe. Please don't unsubscribe. I hope I didn't <laughs> say anything too crazy. Uh, but Ryan Hodge, everyone, make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. He's at Ryan Hodge. Get in the listener league, fanduel.com slash Holka. I think that's it, my man. That's all I have for you guys today. Thanks again, Tig and Hodge. I always feel a lot better about the upcoming week after talking to those guys. Do want to give you guys one last nudge to leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and maybe consider following on Spotify as well. Really means a lot when we're trying to move up those charts. And I will see you guys in the listener league, fanduel.com slash Holka. Again, if you've never played on FanDuel, you get a 20% deposit bonus by using that link. But even if you have played on FanDuel before and it's just been a while, that's still the link where you want to start this process and join our community in this listener league. Truly one of the contests I think is the most fun to watch every week. And I want to show these guys how strong our community is by filling it up. But until next time, good talk.